Welcome to Career in Ruins. Welcome back, everyone. Here we are. We've got a team of three today in a self-isolation or a, a social distancing version of Career in Ruins. I know. Career in Ruins goes into isolation and all of a sudden there are more of us. <laughs> How are you both doing? We've got, we've got Derek, we've got myself and we've got Anna joining us again. Hello. How are you, you doing, doing Anna? Anna? Very, very, very nice to meet you virtually. Yeah, very nice to meet you too virtually. Hello. <laughs> uh, thank you for having me. It's great to have you along. Um, and uh, I think we've got an interesting episode ahead. So mm-hmm. what, what are we looking at, Desa? Well, we've got a few things coming up. So we're going to um, obviously go through a round of what's on our minds in a moment. Then we will revisit Monutrumps along with the Monutrumps theme um, before chatting a bit about heritage, heritage in isolation and what you can do to get in touch with it and sort of maintain a relationship with archaeology and the past while staying at home and keeping safe. Nice. So let's kick off with um, what's on our mind. And Anna, as a returning co-host, I think y- you can start. Oh, that's very kind of you. Thank you. Um, well, obviously, uh, things are a bit crazy at the moment. Um, uh, I, I'm sure they are for everyone. Um, and I actually, um, I think at this time last week, I was a little bit um, optimistic about how much time I will have. But actually, I found myself quite busy, <laughs> which uh, I'm sure uh, most people can relate to. Um, but what I sort of like um, took great pleasure in um, these last almost two weeks was um, when I took my dog for a walk, I was listening to podcasts and um, I really got into finding out lots about uh, the 1918 flu um, pandemic. Okay. okay. And, uh, <laughs> obviously, um, you know, this is what everyone's talking about at the moment. And um, I've just done quite a bit of research into that. And it was quite interesting. Um obviously also really scary but um it's kept me occupied so um so, uh, I so don't what know podcast wanna... is that pardon what podcast is it that you've been Ooh, listening yeah, to so, um this podcast is called this podcast will kill you and then um, <laughs> great, <name. laughs> great um and it's got um around 50 episodes and they're all about different diseases um viral infections and they've also got a i think it's a six-part special on um the coronavirus now out oh, too wow. um yeah and they try and do it in sort of like quite a fun way um you know as fun as you can be when you discuss these sorts of things um but it's really interesting um also how they present them because they um always have a look to the past and you know where the first evidence for certain diseases comes from and how they've um evolved in humans over the years so um even for archaeologists or paleopathologists this is a great podcast that sounds awesome i'll definitely be checking that out Desa, what you what you've been thinking about oh so I, I well i've been thinking of almost nothing but how how to move teaching things online which uh which has been quite an experience for the last couple of weeks we've obviously been um been shut down as a university so all of our delivery all of our exams everything has to move to a digital medium and it's it's been a challenge and I know there are there are universities such as the Open University that already do a terrific job of um, delivering remotely but but for us we're all very used to 
sort of the, the luxury, I guess, of being able to stand in front of a room of people and gauge their responses and kind of feel a part of sort of a, a two-way experience. So it's been a, a really interesting learning curve. But what I've enjoyed most about it is um, I've obviously follow a lot of colleagues on Twitter and there's there's been a, a almost an outpouring of resources and shared things that people have been putting up to kind of assist this process and kind of help maintain uh, education and delivery through digital means. And one thing I particularly like is anyone that sort of remotely worked in digital archaeology, particularly kind of 3D and visualisation over the last few years, has suddenly kind of, this is what we've been preparing for, this is it, this is our moment. <laughs> and uh, you kind of imagine sort of the, the, the doomsday preppers when a zombie apocalypse comes, they'll kind of think, yes, this is what I've been stockpiling all of these guns and weapons for. To a digital archaeologist, it's like, wow, I've been telling you for years we need to record all this stuff digitally. And now look, now, now who do you want? So it's, it's brilliant. It's, um, and it's great to see kind of this huge sharing of resources i've really enjoyed it oh nice uh, just just laughing to myself there are you gesticulating like you normally do when you talk oh massively can yeah because did you just hit your mic with your hand i did, I, did yeah. <laughs> I was waving my hands around like a lunatic thanks for that <laughs> yes yes <laughs> no, that's good yeah i think you're absolutely right and there i we're going to come on to this a bit later about um some of the things that are online that people can tap into, aren't we? Yeah, I've, I've put together a couple of resources and we'll, we'll chat about them at the end and share them with our, our loyal listeners. But how about you, Power? What have you been thinking about? Um, well, there's a couple of things that caught my attention uh, as late. So one thing that, just a quick one, I, I don't know if any of you or either of you have been watching Stand Up to Cancer, the Great British Bake Off. Yeah. No. Oh, well, <laughs> those, those shows tend to make me hungry. I, I watched MasterChef the other day. I had to cook a pizza. <laughs> other than <laughs> checking emails and doing a bit of work, um, what else have we got to do other than watch re repeats on catch up and bake cakes? Fair but, enough, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> but there's a chap called Joe Suggs. Or Joe Sugg, have you guys come uh, okay. across him? Yeah, I have come across him. I saw him pop up on Twitter the other do, day. I've got to be honest, I don't know why he's famous. Do either of you know anything about him? No, no. sorry. <laughs> the internet? I think he does something to do with dance and singing and general <laughs> shows and things like that. But anyway, he won um, the this week's episode of Stand Up to Cancer, British Bake Off. Um, what was his showpiece? Uh, well, it was an archaeology biscuit scene. What? Was it? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so we got, I mean, there are a few factual inaccuracies. So he made a pyramid <laughs> with a okay. tube next to it, which is a similar size to the pyramid. There's a ranging pole in the tomb, and the tomb's <laughs> half a metre tall, um, So, which means the pyramid's just under, no, the the the, the tomb's a metre tall, so it means the pyramid's two metres tall, which is, and then there's a human stood next to the tomb slightly taller than, than the tomb, same height as the pyramid. Might be scaling issue, I'm not sure about that, but he's also got a few <laughs> rakes kicking around and cactuses. I question okay. the legitimacy <laughs> of cactuses around a, uh, uh Egyptian archaeology scene. But um, what, what he came out saying, and the great British, British Bake Off actually tweeted this, saying, I wanted to be an archaeologist um, when I grow up. I used to be a member of the Young Archaeologist Club. Hey, very um, good. Or Yak, <laughs> as we called it. So even these celebrities winning baking competitions um, have got a love and an interest for archaeology. And it just made me think that it's a good little promotion there for the Young Archaeologist Club in this, this interesting time. Yeah, so is the message here 
get into archaeology, you two could win the Great British Bake Off. The celebrity Great British Bake Off. Uh, even yeah. better. Yeah, even yeah, better. yeah, for not being famous for being an archaeologist. <laughs> um, and the only other quick thing that caught my attention that I'll move on relatively quickly we will maybe we can pick this up another time but I noticed that Mike Hayworth has now left the Council for British Archaeology as the um, executive director he's finished his term and moved on to better things I'm sure and we have Neil Redford as the new mm. executive director so hopefully we can catch up with him and uh, catch up on his thoughts as to how he wants to take the uh, the the sort of organization forwards and there were some interesting comments from mike around um what he thinks should be set up after uh, going forward so um oh, that's interesting. Uh, a bit like the arts council for archaeology something like that mm. but i uh, mm. don't know if either of you saw anything on that uh, i saw saw his appointment but i think you're right being able to do a follow-up cba type interview would be wonderful because we've we've got we had a great sense from mike about where it's come from and where where he sees it going but with a new director in place it'd be wonderful to see see what he thinks yeah definitely definitely all right is it time for this So it's it's that time of the week where we play money chumps. Uh, who would like to go first? Ooh, I'm happy to step in if if, if that's all right. Yeah, yeah, go yeah for we it. got we got one each this week. So uh, what's yours, Desa? So well, we obviously thought we can't be encouraging people to go out exploring too much into the wilds of of, of the countryside, other than for obviously a one mandated bit of exercise a day. Um, but we can think about monuments and sites that. Are perhaps interesting to research and um, I decided to go looking for uh, free to access papers because there's quite a few online at the moment that you can that a lot of journals have given out for, for free so you can go and learn about various sites and monuments and I've gone I've stuck with the theme of isolation and death and, and pandemic and uh, <laughs> gone for the site of Thornton Abbey in North Lincolnshire mm-hmm. it's a uh, it's an interesting site. It's been excavated um, for the last few years by the University of Sheffield, led by Hugh Wilmot and the colleagues. And it's uh, recently they've published a paper in Antiquity on um, a Black Death plague pit that they excavated, um, which is, I, it's fair to say it's quite rare. There's, there are some in major cities, major towns, but this is uh, one of the few examples in a rural population. So it was often assumed that in in rural communities, they would, because the population was much smaller, they'd be much more capable of coping with uh, the the influx of of plague burials. Um, So it's quite an interesting example. It kind of turns that on its head a bit. But a really interesting study found with Geophysical Survey, um, so I'm happy about that. They did some resistivity on the area, um, a mass grave of 40 or so internments. Um, 
dating to the second great pandemic in England during 1348 to 1349. And that sentence in itself got me Googling because I'd always assumed that the, the Great Plague um, of that period, the Black Death, was the first major pandemic. But actually there was one in 500 uh, AD, uh, which is documented. So the second great plague pandemic. Um, and what I find really interesting about this story, just to cut a very long story short, you should go and read the article really. Um, fascinating burial, fascinating archaeology, but really interesting use of science. They did some DNA analysis on some of the molars from 16 of the individuals to try and understand, to try and identify the specific bacteria, uh, why pestis caused the Black Death, so they could say with certainty these these individuals were, were the result of a, a plague event. And uh, the, of the analysis, it, it would the hopes were, even in the article it says the hopes weren't particularly high that this would work, but they found one individual that tested positive for the DNA of the plague, so they could confirm for sure this was related to this major historic event. So quite an interesting, um, quite an interesting example, I thought. That's awesome. Yeah, loads of great science in there. Um, I will be going to look that up. Have you come across that before, Anna? Uh, no, no, I haven't actually. Uh, so... Um... Yeah, it's amazing that um, we see um, evidence for plague pits, not just um, in the you know big cities like Derek has mentioned. And uh, this is actually a really important piece of work. So thank you for sharing and getting more people to find out about it. Mm, it's really nice. it's really handy. I've been again along with sort of the outpouring of digital resources, being able to to access all of these papers um, for free online. Um, it's, it's, it's quite unprecedented, I think. So anyone can go and have a look at these papers and see some of the tremendous illustrations that go along with them. It's, it's fantastic. So who's up next? Go on, Anna, give us your, give us oh, your yeah. more new uh, <laughs> Um I was torn between two. So it's really difficult to um, make a decision which one I'm going to go for. Um, but... I think because I, I was thinking along um, similar lines as Derek in the sense that um, I didn't want to force people to leave the house, you know, and uh, obviously explore um, a site from, you know, the um, sort of like comfort and safety of their own home. Um, but I think I'm going to go for the other one. So once this um, isolation period is over and we're allowed to leave the house again, mm -hmm. um, I would like to direct people to Winchester Cathedral, but um, specifically the North Isle of the Nave. Because this, <laughs> this is the burial place of Jane Austen. And... Uh, Jane Austen, it is now believed, um, actually died of tuberculosis. Oh. Um, yeah, also known as the White Death, um, in contrast, okay. you know, the Black Death. Um, but obviously during Jane Austen's time, um, tuberculosis was uh, rife. And um, it um, sort of is believed that quite a lot of her contemporaries died from it too. Um, so, yeah, she died in 1817, aged 41, so really young, um, of tuberculosis. And she came to Winchester from the uh, village of Chawton um, because she wanted to see um, a famous doctor in Winchester um, after she's been severely ill for about two years. Um, her and her sister Cassandra took up lodgings in College Street, which is next to the cathedral. And this is also why she was actually buried um, in Winchester Cathedral, because at the time she wasn't actually famous for um, her authorship and 
you know, she, like so many people, only became famous after she died. Mm. And um, I found this really interesting. Her funeral was small with only four attendees and it was um, held early in the morning. Mm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the reason why I find this interesting is because um, so many famous um, authors, artists, musicians of the time actually had tuberculosis. It was... Um, you know, sort of in the 80, uh, early 1900s um, to the point where, you know, um, not having tuberculosis, but acquiring that tuberculosis look was almost fashionable. Um, so, you know, people looking really emaciated and thin um, and pale and, you know, having a continuous cough. Um, yeah, it was considered fashionable. So, uh, yeah, that's why I thought it was quite interesting. So my monument Trump is uh, Jane Austen's burial place. Oh. Nice. Good so addition. That's really interesting. And I, I'm going to show my, my rampant ignorance when it comes to um, osteoarchaeology here. But Anna, is, is TB one of those diseases that can show up in the archaeological record in some way? Yeah, so tuberculosis is actually one of the few specific infections that we can recognise in the skeleton. Um, however, and this is interesting with Jane Austen, um, the reason why we know that she had tuberculosis is because of um, the letters that she wrote during her lifetime, especially um, in those two years um, of her sort of rapid deterioration, um, where she described her symptoms um, oh, wow. to oh, her friends. Wow. Yeah. And it was um, first believed that she had Addison's disease, which um, affects the hormones. But um, I think in 2009, um, in 2009, um, her sort of letters were revisited and based on the symptoms that she described, likely that she had tuberculosis. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, it's really, that's interesting. really interesting. Nice bit addition of historic research as well, rather than just the archaeological record yeah, to sort of answer the questions. Yeah, sort of chucking a bit of forensic science at someone's yeah. writing is it's quite quite intriguing. I like that a lot. Mm. It's a good mix of everything, I thought. Yeah, definitely. Mm. All right, oh, can wow, I go? Is... Yeah, go for it, pal. So I've been quite <laughs> deliberate with mine. Um, I'm not going to lie, but I've gone. I've chosen a site that's a national trust, predominantly a national trust property. So it's closed, so people can't go explore it. But there's loads of amazing stuff online about it. Um, but I've chosen I am uh, A E M E M. Oh yeah, yeah. A little English village in Derbyshire Dales in in the Peak District National Park. Oh, okay. Uh, so you know I love a national park. I've I've heard such things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's 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 actually Anglo-Saxon in orange, origin, but it's most famous for its um its history during uh, the Black Death or the Plague outbreak in 1665. Oh, okay. Um, so it, it's, um, it's just a really nice example of how one village took self-isolation and management of the plague and the Black Death during this period really quite seriously. And um, they, they encouraged small um, burial practices. Um, they encouraged, they allowed different, slightly different burial practices. They also had special boundary stones where inhabitants of the village weren't allowed to um, to leave or um, to, to go to prevent the spread of the uh, the plague beyond their village. Um, 
and the, the, that would that would be where they'd leave their money for um, goods to be left for them in return. So a bit like when you order a delivery today, and they uh, come to the front door and then run away, and you have to take out the bag, and then uh, they come back and get the bag once you've closed the front door. Uh, that's how I'm envisaging these boundary stones, anyway. <laughs> um, um, but it's just an incredible place, and there's loads of surviving um, infrastructure and sites and and buildings that were there at the time. Um, and there's loads of loads of cultural representation um, of, of the plague and and the, the village itself from um, paintings, literature, poems, novels, um, plays. Um, there's even operas and musicals and and songs that have been written about this village. And this is how important the the village role or um, uh, the, their approach to managing the plague was. There's even um, a uh, let this it even lends its name to an evolutionary um uh hypothesis so the ima or ima hypothesis uh which <laughs> i must i must confess i haven't read all the details as ever but it <laughs> um it, it's around this idea that um the survival of your kin um is better um or and um, it's kin selection based on um sickness behavior so people who are sick are self-isolating removing themselves and preventing their children their loved ones from from getting the illness that they've got it's really interesting i've never heard of that before that's a great site yeah it's lovely and i mean and if 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 the black death i mean it's worth just googling the name alone there's loads of beautiful mm. um photos of of some of the cemeteries small family family cemeteries that they they installed and the graves that survive um but also um if 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 the black death and that that time period is not for you they also have an absolutely stunning eighth century celtic cross in their graveyard so oh, uh, that's worth magnificent it. <laughs> and it's just up the road from bakewell so when you can oh, go out yeah, you can lovely. go and get a legitimate bakewell pie and then wash lovely. it down with a bottle of buxton water well that sounds, that sounds absolutely delightful I, I must admit that whole that whole black death period and i guess it's it's this sort of the thinking of pandemics has probably got me reading about it more than I normally would. Um, but the whole period, and particularly the impact on village life, is quite fascinating because we, um, one of the sort of the, the key archaeological site types you, you learn about in first year archaeology is the deserted medieval village. And the one of the main interpretations for this is these were deserted during the Black Death, i.e. not deserted, they were victims um, and I mean, there are estimates that one third to half of the population died within a two-year period. Whole villages could have fallen out of, of use and, and almost certainly did and there are examples, I think there was one in Germany where um, a woodland grew around the deserted medieval village and it was only recently with LIDAR that it was identified again. Um, so there, there are numerous sites that were impacted so heavily and it's fascinating to see a medieval village having a kind of an active response to, to the pandemic in a way that ensured its survival. It's mm. amazing. Yeah, a lovely little story. Um, and the, the, I know, I'm, there's so much more I could say. There are loads of individual family stories that are well worth reading up on as well. So if you find yourself with a bit of time on your hands, do check it out. That sounds really good. Really good. Good money drum. So who wins? I don't want to call this one a tie. Call it a draw. <laughs> call it a draw. <laughs> <laughs> oh, why not do all three? Yeah. When, when yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if you've got any money, money trumps we should mention in future uh, 
isolation podcasts and send them to us with your suggestions yeah keep in touch on twitter keep them coming in because we do enjoy look with it's it's always nice to see a site we've never heard of or never been to and never seen so mm. please do get in touch mm. okay so um we i guess we're wrapping up now but we've got a final stage in today's pod uh, where we wanted to talk about online resources digital resources so a bit more on what you were talking about earlier derek yeah, yeah. I mean, there are two resources that I've found particularly valuable um, over the last few weeks. Um, the first, um, the easiest way to find examples of it is to have a look at the Heritage Daily website. They've produced a, a top five virtual tours and you can go online and just have a have a virtual look around some pretty magnificent archaeological sites. Um, I, I haven't got the link open in front of me, so I can't remember off the top of my head. But it's you can, well tweet, worth, it. You can tweet it. Yeah, we'll, we'll tweet it later. Um, but it's well worth having a look at and just engaging with these sites in in this period of isolation. But I think more fun than that, um, the one that I've I really enjoy, and I've, it's a site that has been getting better and better um, over the last few years. It's a, it's a site called Sketchfab, and it's for basically for curating 3D models. So it's, it's not an archaeological resource by any stretch. But if you search for just archaeology, you get a bewildering array of artefacts, sites, monuments, excavations, all of which people have modelled in 3D, and you can interact with it. Some of them have digital annotations, it's just a great way for, it's almost like a, a virtual cabinet of curiosity. If you just put in a random word, it takes you on this, this voyage, this adventure through uh, some, some good, some not so good, I'll be honest, <laughs> 3D models of various things. And it's, it's a great way of spending hours and hours of time that could be better spent doing other things. Oh, that sounds great. As a cheap ploy and plug here, the New Forest National Park has its own uh, heritage uh, <laughs> Sketchfab page with lots of exciting and interesting <laughs> things, <Yeah. laughs> including um, two new ones we just put up around a Second World War um, military site, Leap, uh, Leap uh, around embarkation hards and things like that. So do check it, check them out. But yeah, loads more from from bones to artifacts to whole sites recorded through drones. Oh, I've just searched for the New Forest. There are some very nice ones. The D-Day Lep site's obviously very good, but somebody's made a very artistic version of a tent, which I quite like. Oh, I've not seen the tent. I've got to look at that. Anna, what, what, what have you got? What have you come across? Um, two things, actually. Uh, to indulge uh, two senses, so listening and watching. So mm -hmm. um, the first is a new show on More 4. Um, it's called The Great British Dig. Mm -hmm. And it's with Hugh Dennis. Um, and I think it's going to air on the 9th of April. Um, and it's basically digging up people's back gardens. Oh, so, um, nice. Yeah, so that's really cool. What, um, like... Um... Who's that? What's that one with Alan Titchmarsh? Uh, oh, uh, <laughs> question time. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, not that one. Okay, what's well, so archaeological excavations in people's back gardens? Yes, yes. Nice. So um, that's obviously really fun to watch. Um, I haven't had a chance to um, look into it some more um, and find out what time periods um, the digs relate to, um, but I think that would be a nice one to watch. Nice. Um, and then the other one is this podcast that I mentioned earlier called This Podcast Will Kill You, and it's available on 
you know, all the sort of like standard podcast um, streaming sites. Um, and it just discusses, you know, everything from syphilis to tuberculosis to flu to um, parasitic infections, covering, you know, the biology of viruses um, and how they affect human populations, as well as the archaeological evidence um, and sort of how we manage these uh, diseases today. So um, it's really interested, uh, interesting if you're, you know, kind of into finding out a little bit more how diseases have shaped, you know, the way we live now. Um, and also, you know, it's just a nice thing to do whilst you're, you know, cleaning out drawers and, uh, you know, just doing the things that people like to do at the moment. That sounds that great. Cool. I must admit, I'm quite excited about the Great British Dig. It features one of our our great friends and colleagues, uh, Chloe Duckworth, aka Archeo Duck, um, yes, in in one of her roles. So I'm looking forward to seeing seeing how she gets on with you, Dennis, and yeah, what sort of I guess community archaeology type things they they encounter. That's right. Uh, on the television theme as well, I, no I noticed that um, Time Team have started doing the regular six pm episodes so that through their social media they're encouraging people to go on to the um the channel 4 streaming app or if you're in america you can go on amazon prime i think yeah. um and they're encouraging everyone to watch it um at 6 p.m in the afternoon british time that is unfortunately for our friends across the seas but um and that's so they're watching it and then they're doing a question and answer session with um some of the experts that were on the, those excavations at the time and tim taylor i think the, the producer of time team so if again if you want some more media content that visual media content that could be a nice thing to do on a sunday oh, sounds like there's an awful lot of archaeology out there to access at the moment that's, that's right um and so to add to that and then my addition would be um the our friends again at the council for british archaeology the archaeology resource hub or resources hub Ooh. um so this is brilliant if you are we're share, i think we have shared a link already but we're, we're sharing yeah. it out again um but they've got loads of different sections with it i'll just read out some of the headlines so we've got online learning resources for adults uh resources and activities for children and young people online talks and lectures, archaeological podcasts. First one there is Career in Ruins, including the CBA <laughs> Annual Archaeology Day Special. Um, just saying. Um, and then archaeology video content, uh, general archaeological links, and then coronavirus advice and guidance, which is quite useful, I think. Yeah. Very good. That sounds really interesting, getting it all in one place as well. That's handy. Yeah, well worth checking out. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll share that link again. But, uh, yeah, this has right. been quite a fun um, little catch-up, guys. Yeah, I'd be up for doing this again, would you, Anna? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It was really good fun. Nice one. Uh, I'll see if I can get Ringo involved properly next time. Rather than <laughs> Sounds good, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a career in isolation, not bad. No. All right, guys, well, stay safe, both of you, and I'll catch yeah. up with you soon. Yeah, see you all soon. Thank you. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.